I was so tempted to sing the infamous Kenny Rogers song. I, I say that like question because now I'm questioning if that's who actually sang it. But you know, you gotta know. I'm not gonna sing it because one, I suck at singing, and two, I can't even include the track because of copyright infringement. So you're just gonna have to imagine it with me for a minute. The big white bearded person with lots of white hair. I have referred to this this particular conundrum in the cycle of change because I use like playing cards as the analogy. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. You know when you're playing. You know when you're shuffling. You know when you're tossing it in. You know when you're dealing. Not necessarily in that order, but that you know the cycle of change is always happening. The only constant is change. And the biggest conundrum in entrepreneurship, trailblazing, creative endeavors, rule breaking, rebellion is knowing when to persevere or when to quit. Hello, my friends. Thank you for being here. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Wherever you are in the world. It's Nicole BZ. Do I ever say my name at the beginning of these? Does that matter? Probably not. I'm trying to think of the podcasts that I listen to, and I don't think they, unless they have one of those intros that I hate, where it's like the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over again that I never listen to and skip, so I don't actually know, but I have a feeling their names are on that. So yeah, it's me. Hi. <laughs> are you ready for that trend? Hi. Bye. To be over. I guess I'm not because I, I've been doing it a bit. When to hold them, when to fold them. If there was one answer to that question, we would all be sublimely successful. And it's really, really challenging to know, is this, is this an opportunity, a challenge to be overcome, a place to persevere? Or like, am I done? I actually did a, another episode just on rewriting unhappy endings because sometimes we just get to be done with things. Sometimes they never even really get started before we decide that we're done. And then sometimes we've invested our entire life and soul and risked everything on something and we're not sure it's going to work. Seth Godin wrote a book about this and I'm realizing now based on like how much this book influenced me that maybe it should be a quantum business book club book, but not dissimilar to Stephen Pressfield's. It's fucking short. It's an interesting discussion, but there's a lot... There's enough in this book that I'm like, oh, maybe that I, it's not. I don't think it's going to be part of the Quantum Business Book Club. I don't know. You tell me. Do you want me to talk about Seth Godin's The Dip? I will refer to it a little bit in this because I like I like the name, The Dip. That part I think is cool. I also like how he acknowledges the dip can be 10 minutes. The dip can be 10 years. Really, the dip is just what Joseph Campbell the hero's journey would call the dark cave. And it's it's when you're in that, like, I don't know what to do right now. I don't know if I should give up. I don't know if I should quit while I'm ahead. I don't know if I should walk away from this. I don't know if this is worth the risk, if I should push through, if I should keep going. I talk a little, I mean, I, I don't know, maybe I talk a lot about it, but with the music industry, I spent 20 years working with artists that is a product you can't, you can't like test. You don't know when it's going to come out. You don't know if people are going to like it. You don't know, you know, oftentimes when you're working with baby bands, as I like to call them, like the genre isn't even obvious. 
they haven't had enough time to really hone their craft and establish themselves and become recognizable and know who their audience is and, and so on and so forth. And so you lot, spend a lot of time in this, this darkness and this unknown. And I, I had told myself since my very first gig at 18 that like this wasn't forever. I would be one of the lifers. And I kept saying like only a few more years, only a few more years. And I, I kept getting really amazing opportunities, things that, you know, I kept trying to get out and they kept sucking me back in. And I will, I mean, I'm forever grateful. It was one of those, like the path unfolded before me and I just kept walking. And there were so many times when I could have quit, when things went shockingly wrong, whether it was gear, not getting to the festival, you know, gear we had spent thirty, forty thousand dollars and getting shipped over and then it just wasn't there and we were going on stage or a sexual abuse and harassment charge against a band member that had a criminal record and they were thrown in jail. People getting I don't want to say people getting pregnant is like the worst thing in the world, but it definitely throws a spanner in the works of tour plans and album release plans, you know, people getting into fights embezzlement. I had business partners steal from me. I had clients refuse to pay. I had equipment failures. I had cars get stolen, gears. I mean, just so much, so much adversity. But in every one of those instances, when the shit hit the fan, I didn't doubt it. Don't get me wrong. I beat the shit out of myself. But I, I thought every single one, I thought I was essentially some sort of God-like creature who had control over the universe. And therefore, when these completely unforeseeable, completely unpredictable circumstance would happen, it was always my fault. And I would, I would, I would, oh man, whew, I was really hard on myself. But like, I never wanted to quit. I never wanted to give up. And even when it didn't make sense, even when illegal methods were acquired in order to keep things going, we kept things going. And it wasn't until actually everything was like so hunky-dory and it kind of felt like nothing but like a global pandemic could keep us down. And even that didn't stop them. I grew it. I got off the train before that. But yeah, it was like the little things that really derailed me. But it wasn't, it wasn't in fact a derailment. I was like ready to get off that train. I just didn't know. I had so over-identified with everything with that part of my life that I was subconsciously sabotaging myself to give myself permission, right? Now, I had spent 20 years investing in building, creating, and succeeding in the creation of other people's vision. I always used to say I'm really good with genius, and I have this, you know, my superpower is translating other people's dreams into reality. Like, I can monetize your craft. I can create a sustainable career for you out of your batshit crazy ideas. and it took me a minute to get there, don't get me wrong. But once I realized like, oh, you mean everybody can't build a business around this? Like, okay, cool. I wish I were the creative. And I indulged in that for a, a minute, but it was obvious. My art was business. And really, I didn't, it wasn't even the being the creative because I, I never had, I never wanted to be on stage. I never wanted to get attention. I'm actually like sublimely happy just sitting in my own little cave making shit that no one ever sees and hears, it like didn't occur to me that building a solution out for a potential problem or something that was missing wasn't available for everybody. And once I came to terms with that, that's when I really started 
making moves. So when that all came crashing down and it really felt like that, felt like my entire world crumbled around me, that was my dark cave. That was the inmost cave step number seven of the hero's journey. And I'll be honest, it was a good five years. Like, it's only the last, I mean, like, really the last year or two I've come out of that, but the last year or two has been a cave for everybody else. (laughs) So I can distinctly remember thinking, I am never doing this again. I am never going out on my own. I'm never starting something. I'm not an entrepreneur. I am, I'm abandoning the call. I'm refusing the call, right? I'm in like super mega heroes journey language because I just recorded the uh, War of Art and the Artist's Journey, but also I'm in my guideship with Boundless Warrior, aka Miranda Bennett, and just been doing a lot of this, the young sort of shadow archetype kind of work. So forgive me if I'm speaking in like colloquialisms and I don't know, whatever. I quit. I quit the thing that had been my identity, had been my war, my raison d'etre for since I was 18 years old. And I was at that time 38. And I had no fucking idea who I was or what next. And I did a couple of crazy random ass shit. I went to this event in LA, tried to make new friends since no one wanted to talk to me since I didn't know A-list fans anymore. And all of my closest friends were my previous business partners. And this event was run very poorly. And I innately started managing it. And they approached me after and told me what they were trying to create in terms of business. And I said, I can help. And we just started piecing that out. And as I was doing that, I was also stepping up my yoga teaching and helping with the management of that studio and starting in another yoga studio. And I just, I was just kind of throwing shit at the wall to see what stuck. A friend of mine got sick. I volunteered to go and help him and his wife in Colorado. I started going back and forth between Denver and LA. Another friend of mine got married in Colorado and I realized I want to be here. I don't know why, but it was a calling and it clicked and I just knew, okay, well, here's a knowing. I'm familiar with this feeling. And in doing that, I went and got a freaking job. That's how I ended up at the cannabis company. It's the COO. And that was weird going to an office and wearing a suit. And I tried really fucking hard. That was one of my tests, one of my trials and tribulations, the false prophet, the empty promises and unfulfilled purpose. And it didn't work. And I had started coaching both in my role. And then I went through a coaching certification, not with any intention of ever being a coach, but because I, I could see the the inability for me to lead in the new space. I wasn't used to that structure and I wasn't used to being ineffective. And so I recognized an opportunity to update my skills. And then I went on holiday with friends of mine and I was getting up really early. They had young kids. So for me to get my time, I had to kind of get up, you know, at dawn and go sit outside and kind of journal and move and do my shit. And I was watching the sunrise and I I realized, oh shit, I just got my mojo back. I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going to go out on my own again. I'm going to face my fears, which was coaching creatives and entrepreneurs because we can be fucking nightmares. And all of the the reasons I was telling myself this wouldn't work, it would be impossible. The competition was too deep. Coach is a poor letter word, all the shit. But I thought, well, if this is scaring me as much as it, as it is, legitimately terrifyingly is, then I got to do it. It has been 
incredibly challenging. Those fears were not make-believe. They were all very real and all continue to be confronted and overcome every day. In that time, I have invested in several businesses. I have expanded my skill set into stocks and crypto and business partnerships. And quite frankly, a lot of that has failed. And I have really gotten to tune into that difference between is it time to walk away or is it time to persevere? The dip, as Seth Godin refers to it, that question is an opportunity to walk away or to step the fuck up. The perseverance is driven by this innate desire to be better, to expand, to grow, to make a change, to make a difference. And it's going to show up a little bit differently for you. And it's going to show up differently in different scenarios. You know, your willingness to show up for your family or to show up for the creative project or to show up for your business or to show up for your employees. Like each one of those dark nights of the soul, shall we say, I don't want to keep using Seth's like the dip. But, you know, every time you find yourself really asking, like, am I going to continue moving forward with this? Is this worth it? That is an opportunity to cut your losses and walk away or keep going. And really, that's how you figure it out. What is the cost benefit? Is this worth it? In venture capital, they refer to it as a runway. How much funding, how many dollar dollar bills, y'all, are we going to need in order to get to proof of concept, to know that we've got a marketable, viable, product. And that runway determines the length of time to persevere. And potentially at the end of that, we're either going to take off or we're going to keep this plane grounded. There's no particular timeline. And oftentimes, you know, this is why you'll see rounds of funding and you'll get to the end of that runway. You might spitter and stop and you realize, well, I just need X, Y, and Z in order to keep going. Clearly you've chosen to persevere in that situation. You may simply not have the wherewithal or resources to keep going. You might have to forcibly, or you might be forcibly crushed, broken. The point isn't necessarily why, it's much more how. And one thing I will offer is in those moments, don't quit because of an acute, immediate pressure point or pain. Give yourself a pause. Ask for some additional signs or support. Do a budget. Do a timeline. Do a risk analysis. Quit for the long-term benefit. I don't know. That's not the right word. But like, you know, if your partner is threatening to leave you, that can feel like a very acute instance. Now, and this actually just happened to me. If your partner is going to leave you because they're not willing to support you in your dreams, if this is a a one-off instance, if this is a temporary test, good riddance. No, I'm not. I don't want to just be like, good riddance. But the point is, is you have the right to explore your dreams. And for some of us, they're never going to actualize. That's one thing Seth talks about is he's, he's worked with clients who the dip lasted 30 years. That's Stephen Pressfield. It took him 30 years to get published. Like for some of us, it's our whole goddamn lives but we still keep going. Like there's kind of no doubt the risk outweighs the benefits or the cost, which is kind of crazy. I mean, that's crazy to say the risk outweighs the benefits and the cost, but we keep fucking going. And that is the definition of insanity. Here for it. If you have continually 
let your partner down and overworked and made promises you can't keep and been inconsistent and not showed up and not held up your part of the bargain and you actually can't survive and can't keep things going without them, then yeah, like maybe it's time to let that thing go. I'm not going to be able to answer that question for you in this instance. And that's a pretty heavy, gnarly example, but I use it because here's what is true. I don't know an entrepreneur that hasn't sacrificed a relationship, a partnership, and or hasn't brought their partnership to the brink of breaking for the success of their endeavor, whether it's their art or their business or their passion project. It will very often demand every single thing you've got. And when you have given everything and you don't know what else, the last thing you can give really is your perseverance, is your willingness to keep going forward even though you don't know how the fuck you're going to make it work. It takes courage either way. Quitting is courageous and persevering is courageous. Again, there's no one right answer. And one of the things I will say is I, I have spent many a sleepless night wondering if walking away from my music career was the right thing to do. I can tell you every single person that I've worked with has gone on to unbelievable success. And I'm, I'm both proud of that, but also very aware I didn't do that. They did that. And I may have been a link in their chain. What would have happened if I just stayed the course, if I just stuck it out, if I just made it work, if I just, you know, put one foot in front of the other, persevered? And I'll never know. I'll never know the answers to those questions. I have to say that is actually a huge waste of time and energy is wondering what woulda, coulda, shoulda, because it's not. It's just you made a fucking choice. Second guessing our decisions is a really, really, really bad habit. And it is a huge energy drain. And so now when that comes up, I just choose to shift focus and focus on the many things I get to choose whether or not I want to stay with or continue or quit. What that did offer me is that knowing. And believe me, the jury is still out on this, my friend. But I knew like that I, there's a feeling that I had felt since the day I started that this wasn't going to be my forever. And there is a feeling in the work that I get to do now when I am working with my clients, when they call me a year or three years after our work together and tell me where they're at or how a particular conversation or a text message that I sent them changed their lives. And I can feel it now in the moment when I make, when I'm recording this freaking podcast right now, like, and so that's what the dip offers you is an inner knowing, a self-confidence of tuning into, is this a yes or is this a no? So embrace the dip. Embrace, like how I said I wasn't going to say that. Here I go. Again, just repeating myself. That's what the cave, the innermost cave, the dark night of the soul, the trials and truth, that's what they offer you is your own inner knowing. And when you understand that every single thing you do, especially as an entrepreneur and a leader and a creator and just a fucking human being is going to have a moment of doubt and uncertainty, and it can potentially be a really long fucking moment, you start to understand how you work, what pushes your buttons, what flips you out, what you react to. So that you can then take a step back from your own fucking self and get out of your way and go, okay, what do I know to be true here? And what is just complete bullshit? Is this worth it? Do I want to keep pursuing this? Does this just go on a back burner for a minute? Are there other more important 
things that are happening. You know, sometimes just because we don't want to keep moving forward doesn't mean that we're completely done and we're throwing this out the fucking window. It can just mean that we need to take a step back. We need to percolate. We need to approach this from a different angle. And that is the perseverance, my friend. So if you are listening to this because you're wondering if you should keep going or if you should give up, when you finish this episode, just try something different. Go play, go outside, go watch a movie, like distract yourself and come back to this thing when you're ready. Ask for a sign. That's one of my favorite ways to kind of turn this into like a magical, intuitive experience is say, universe, I don't know what I'm supposed to fucking do. Show me, show me. Or you you can get real specific, like be like, I want to see eights if I'm supposed to keep going and I want to see zeros if I'm supposed to stop. Whatever it is, I want to see tigers. I want someone to call me. Like, But the thing is, is honor that. Because your ego will then step in and be like, yeah, no. And and that's when we can kind of tell the difference between like, is this attachment to the outcome? Am I white knuckling what I think it should be rather than going with what it is? And when you kind of let go of that resistance, I have to, I should, I would, I wish, this isn't, I can't, la la la. And, and that letting go can just simply be shifting focus, just letting, just trusting that it's going to work out regardless, because you always make it work. Even if it feels like a loss in this moment, that is a, an investment in your long-term future. See what happens. Test it. Let me know. I would love to hear back. Some of my biggest fuck-ups have occurred in the last two years. And the first one, which was a $75,000 mistake. I was luckily crying on the floor and I thought, you know what? I don't know how this is going to work out. I really don't. I'm too in it right now. So I have a client call in 20 minutes. I'm going to get my fucking shit together. And I'm going to choose to trust that one day I'm going to get to tell this story. And the end of it will be how this moment created a huge opportunity for me. And that's exactly what happened. I am in the middle of another massive fuck up and it is a multiple six figure fuck up. And I I kind of keep alluding to it because I am still in it. But I had a fantastic conversation this morning with the person who is in cahoots with me on this. And I think it's all going to work out. And I remember saying, you know what, I'm going to trust that this is this $300,000. I'm not joking. It's how much it was. Like, firstly, if I can make a $300,000 mistake, I'm doing something right. I mean, like, obviously I'm doing something wrong, but like, wow, if I'm still here, I'm not refinancing what I did sell my house. (laughs) But talk about uh, the inmost cave. It's like, how much do I want to invest in my, my calling? But yeah, if I can still laugh about it, if I can still keep going, making those kinds of mistakes, like, That's kind of fucking awesome in a weird, twisted, sadistic way. And I'm going to trust the way I approach that one is, is I'm going to trust that this is going to come back three or tenfold. This will be a tenfold ROI. I don't know when, I don't know how, I just know that's what's going to happen. So I'll report back. I'll record an episode called tenfold ROI when I have proof of that one. That's all I got, my friend. I think this one is just super important because we all fucking go through it. And we can attach so much meaning to our external environment, like with the whole, I mean, you know me, I'm riding front seat on the loop. I'm driving the goddamn loop right now. But also, I just want to acknowledge Brandy from This Plus That, who was the 
part of the Relatables series. Like, it is disrespectful to call it woo. It's incredibly powerful, and I bow to that energy every day. We all go through this. We all will have soaring highs and plummeting lows, and we can attribute so much meaning to them. Like, oh, this is the universe telling me not to do this, or like, bleh, it's it's not working out because it's not meant to be. And it's like, maybe you can absolutely choose to look at it like that, and you are not wrong. You can also keep going. You can bet it all on black. And I, what I will promise is that when it all comes down to it, with 2020 hindsight, you will look back and be so appreciative that you played it through and be, just be so much more confident in your ability to say yes rather than I wonder what if. Most people spend their whole lives not taking that leap of faith and they'll never know. They'll never know what will happen. And although I don't know what would happen if I'd stuck out the music industry, I sure shit know that I went all in on me. I bet it all on BZ, as cheesy as that fucking sounds. And that to me is like the craziest, riskiest, most rewarding bet I can make. But it is a daily practice. And I will say, I, I often like entertain the fantasy of just being a waitress down by the beach. And that's cool too. It kind of balances that energy. It takes away some of my attachment to the outcome. But I I don't know what else I would do. I do do this for free. I would do this if I were the last person on earth. You know, all of those questions. If I had all the money in the world, and that sometimes it's felt like I have, and then at other times it's felt like I have fucking nothing. But learn how to tell the difference between fear, doubt, and uncertainty, or unreasonable unmanageable forward momentum because you can step it out even though you have no idea what's going to happen and it can be too risky and unrewarding to move forward i don't know if i helped clarify anything for you but i trust you'll listen to this and receive exactly what you need if you want more you can go to my website i send out the loop the monthly newsletter that has all of my workshops i'm really trying to be like a lot more like layered so you know my last one-on-one where it's just, I guess they're all me talking, but you know, I talked about grants. I did a grant workshop. I'm talking about the dip. My next workshop is going to be about confidence in business. So if you're curious, check out my Instagram at the BC channel. I'm also going to be kind of rolling out this um, across more socials, like on YouTube and all the things, but the loop will keep you in the loop with all of the workshop schedules. So you don't miss another one. My website is a fantastic place to just get some resources. If I've got the grant directory from last time, that'll be a splash page up there. I'm definitely rambling, so I'm just going to stop. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your support. You mean everything to me. I create this for me, but I do it with the intention of offering you free resources, free access to support, and keep going. Maybe this will be your fuel for the rest of the afternoon. Bye.